And we are back. And we just finished 1944's Double Indemnity, clocking in at one hour and 47 minutes. This is doesn't have a rating, but I PG, I guess. Right? I mean, there's no yeah, cursing. There's, there's I mean, no it's... Cursing. There's cursing. There's... Yeah. I mean, it, it deals with, with murder and whatnot. But you don't see anything. and But you never see it. Yeah, you never see anybody get killed. Even killed. when, the, when the, the murder happens, you yeah. don't really see anything. You just see, like, somebody's... A, reaction shot to it. Or lack of reaction oh, because right, they're, right, right, they're right. so stone cold. <laughs> this is just an amazing piece of cinema. This is Yeah, I mean, what did they say? This is the... Uh, the gold standard for The gold for standard noir. for film noir. Yeah, and rightly so. I mean, the everything about this, this film comes together so brilliantly. This is directed by the amazing Billy Wilder with a script by Billy Wilder and Raymond Chandler based off James M. Cain's novel and stars... Fred McMurray as Walter Neff, who kind of plays against the grain because I think you're so used Every, to seeing everybody him. Everybody sees Fred McMurray. Well, yeah, like Shaggy Dog shaggy and just dog, the good guy, know, the right? Good guy, my three sons. Right. So nobody's thinking of him as the. I guess in Fillmore, is it the Patsy? Because he's the one that gets duped by the femme fatale. By the femme fatale. In this case, Barbara Stanwyck's. Uh, yeah, but Diedrichson. I mean, like even even when he's. Even when he's in the role, though, I mean, he's 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 like a salesman, and he's. But he's still a decent guy. He, he although, seems like a decent guy, he but seems, he's he doesn't seem to have any problem with flirting with the married lady and right. And, but I think that his relationship with Lola, the daughter, sort of changes him. A little, like I think that that maybe that guilt, like shifted him over. Kind of, because even at the end when he's leaving the message for keys he's like you know kind of look after them yeah and he also prevents uh the guy from taking the fall yeah 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 so uh, yeah i mean he 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 did have redeeming characters he wasn't pure evil yeah unlike phyllis Uh, who was phyllis who was just 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 using everyone to get to her ultimate end game oh yeah she was something that barbara uh, barbara sandwick wasn't she she Mm -hmm. just like dominates the screen it's uh, in the month of women's history this is a great selection i think i think film noir is typically about kind of the patsy guy who falls for the femme fatale and her wiles and submits to her bidding and ultimately usually winds up dead as is the case here as well i don't feel like we're spoiling a film from 1944 yeah <laughs> I think we can give away the end. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the things that I learned about this film tonight was that it was nominated for seven Academy Awards and not, and did not win one, Didn't which win a is a crime. One. Is a crime. I mean, this this movie should have been showered with all the love. I mean, the dialogue is is fantastic. Uh, fantastic machine gun, rapid 1940s, fire. 1940s, you know tough guy and dame dialogue <laughs> how fast was i going i mean so i mean it's just i mean just like not even adapted screenplay like god damn like that should have won i mean i can't imagine what did they say was the one that won let me see really quick some bing crosby thing nonsense yeah leo mccary's going my way which which, I've, which I've never even heard of i've heard of it but i don't think i've ever seen it 
Which, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I, it can't be as good as uh, Double Indemnity. That's the, just hogwash. <laughs> I mean, I've even before I heard or, or before I saw Double Indemnity, I've heard of Double Indemnity. Yes. I mean, it's it's been parodied. It's it's been stories imitated. imitated it, have imitated it. Well, I don't. I have no idea what the hell going my way is. <laughs> I don't know either. I won't even dignify it by looking it up. But uh, just really great and. I, I obviously will give this this movie a nine because I think it's just so great. But besides watching it, I encourage everyone, everyone to go on the IMDb page and look through the trivia. There is some fabulous gems. Yeah. Every, everybody was a character back in the 40s. <laughs> Seriously. I, I, can't, I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, this is amazing. I mean, I wish there was... In that day, there wasn't really, like, the making of the movies, kind of, like there is now. But, yeah. like, that would have been a really great movie to get the behind-the-scenes from. Just from the vantage point of the production, especially since apparently Wilder and Chandler were did not just get so... Along. Did not get along. Hilarious. Okay. But they came up with probably one of the best scripts ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because in a lot of ways, it's dated... But the story still holds up, as far as I'm concerned. And the dialogue is just so amazingly fresh and funny and original. And just, I never feel bored watching this film. I've seen it in my lifetime more than a handful of times. And I always find it just really riveting. And just really interesting how a movie from... 1944 at least the dialogue anyway and the and the interactions resonate so yeah just based on that alone i mean i would have it would have been nice if people like recorded stuff like making of and like background like post-production stuff and just stuff like that just to know like you know how the actors felt like they talk about in the imdb trivia about how fred mcmurray really wasn't keen on playing walter because it was so against yeah yeah. it was so against his his normal kind of repertoire of of character actors but or stuff that he does does as an actor but it just it just makes so much sense and it's and kudos to billy wilder for just tom haverfering down (laughs) and wearing him down and just getting him to agree to it i mean i mean as far as like bad guy roles for fred mcmurray is that was that it i mean I well don't, no I don't... it's funny that they also mentioned that he's in the apartment from 1960 which is the movie that billy wilder does with jack lemon shirley mclean and fred mcmurray and in that fred mcmurray is the one that's having the affair with shirley mclean's character oh. and He's using, or the executives in that firm are using Jack Lemon's apartment to carry on, carry on yeah, with yeah. their girlfriends. And you find out that the Jack Lemon character is secretly in love with Shirley MacLaine, mm-hmm. and she only has eyes for Fred McMurray, who's like this suave upper senior management executive. But he's a jerk. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. I guess because when I was a kid, my exposure to Fred McMurray was you know, wholesome dad. Dad or, or, or the, shaggy, the, the dog. shaggy dog. Yes, or yes. Like that. Well, that was, I mean, I would say that was probably like 95% of his filmography. Yeah, so, so, so. I rem- yeah. I, so I remember the first time I saw this, I was just like, what are you oh, doing, Fred yeah. McMurray? <laughs> what are you You're doing? doing? <laughs> you, you murdered that man. man. <laughs> you, you broke his neck with your bare hands. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. This shaggy dog would never do that. <laughs> he wouldn't be happy with you right now, Fred McMurray. <laughs> but um, so I guess we should talk about this film a little bit. What did you think about it? I remember I had to see this film like in college. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably my first exposure to it. Yeah, and and it's it's great. I mean, the the thing that that like catches you is that is just that that crazy dialogue because prior to that i'd just seen imitations of of that where it wasn't it wasn't played serious right you know when you 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 see like sketches and whatnot where they're yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) this it's played serious and it i mean it works just the the rapid fire banter between murray and and stanwick yeah, especially the first time they especially meet. The, especially the first time they meet. It's it's like they're just so on the same page with their little metaphors and innuendos. Yeah. How fast was I going? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're trickier than a car full of monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, everyone was a comedian back in the forties. Yeah, just, and then and then you have Edward G. Robinson, oh, who's also who's just, just amazing. I mean, he is such like a an icon of that time. Yeah. 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 I mean, like he was, he's still, still impersonating. You know what I mean? No, but he's, I mean, he's still, you know, impersonated. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Chief Wiggum. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) The frog. I don't know. Nobody probably remembers courageous cat in minute mouse, but the the frog. Mm -hmm. It was Edward G. Robinson and, and like a thousand bugs, Bunny cartoons. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, and he's just he's fantastic, and he's I yeah. got that little man in my chest, and he's, he's, a big hunk of guy. he's the guy who just unravels everything, and you could just see like Fred McMurray is just he thinks everything's everything's going great, and then suddenly Edward G. Robinson just shows up, and he's just like, I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, amazing, yeah. According to the IMDb trivia, which I can't tear my eyes off of, apparently he was reluctant, Edward G. Robinson, to be part of this production because he was sort of like the third man on the marquee after Stanwyck and McMurray, but apparently realized that he was at a transitional phase of his career, plus the fact that he was getting paid the same amount of money as Stanwyck and McMurray for doing less work. So I guess he thought the better of it, did it, and they had this amazing film to add to their filmography. Yeah, I mean, I I think Edward G. Robinson really was like, he's like he in that kind of role. Yeah. Where he's he's like, he plays a pivotal role, but I don't know if he's like the forefront. No, no. Plus, I mean, back then everything was like, oh, glamour, glamour, glamour. Sure, sure. I mean, even Fred McMurray is this big, handsome guy Tall guy, yeah yeah and edward g robinson looks like a frog <laughs> <laughs> terrible terrible there's a but, reason why he was the frog in, in courageous, courageous cat in his mouth. Mouth. <laughs> which has an awesome theme song if anybody yes. remembers yes we can link that in the blurb as well but um yeah again i've seen this movie many many times in my lifetime and it's just always I'm always impressed, like you, by the rapid-fire dialogue in this and just Mm -hmm. that it still captivates me, even after all this time. This is a testament to Billy Wilder as a filmmaker and a storyteller that he just makes these really interesting, compelling characters. 
And I think it's also the mark of a really good filmmaker when or storyteller when you take someone who you shouldn't really be rooting for and find that empathy for them. You find that compassion for them. I mean, what Walter does is not a good thing. And yet, even at the end, you sort of feel bad for him. You kind of wanted him to make it to the Mexican border, but I guess I, I even... I gotta be honest, I, I wanted him to die. Did you? <laughs> not not in that I, I'm like, yeah, yeah. It was just, I... He had to pay you, for what you, he did. You feel, like you said, you you know, you feel a bit of sympathy for the guy because you could see How some, he somehow in. he got swept up in this and yeah, he's 100% guilty. He deserves to be punished. And in my mind, I think just having him like bleed out would have probably been like, that's like the best mercy you could give him because he mm-hmm. can't, he has to be punished. Mm-hmm. So death is probably preferable to him just like going to prison or to the chamber the, or the gas chamber, chamber yeah. which is what where he would ultimately go just just let him just let him die <laughs> i don't think he should have gotten away absolutely not he deserves he deserves it's funny because it's like i mean he wasn't as reprehensible as like say a walter white but even I, for me at least i was very sad that walter white got his at the end well, but um, that, that was also it, it had to be yeah, done. Yeah, I understood it. I understood it. But you can't uh, you can't just like shit can't the bed do the right crime the, and at, not at pay end. the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> like fumbling at the goal line. You gotta you gotta you gotta follow through. Don't don't save it. Oh, well, what if we want a sequel series now? <laughs> well, I mean, nineteen forty four. Nobody it. was thinking about that. <laughs> not like now. <laughs> not like yeah. Now it would be like now. Yeah. It's like it's we'll like, bring him back yeah, from the dead. Fred's, Fred's coming. <laughs> yeah. You know, Fred's he didn't really the... die, so you didn't really yeah. see it. So he didn't really die. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's out of jail and he's under his back to his old insurance scamming ways. Yeah. He's now meeting another lady and yeah. <laughs> being a patsy for her. Yeah, I mean, there's I, no notes. I mean, I have no notes. Although, I would like to, again, take the time to recognize what a baller actress Barbara Stanwyck is in this. Just cold. Cold-hearted. Cold-blooded. Yeah. Just, but fantastic. I love, love her. And you can tell, like, she just gave no care. And yeah, it's, and she, it's, she and it's was more like, terrifying as you hear it from Lola's perspective that this was the woman that cared for her mother and yeah. ultimately caused her mother's death yeah. and how she felt that she somehow had something to do with the father's death. And it's interesting because, again, the first, the first time after the murder when Keys and Neff get together in Norton's office, because Norton's the one who's like, oh, no, no, no. Obviously, as an insurance company, they're just looking at it from the bottom line yeah, perspective. And he's pay. they don't want to pay, right. So even back in the 40s, insurance companies were yeah. jackasses. But um, he's just, Norton is just on this kick it's you know she's involved she's involved and even keys is like you're wrong you're barking up the wrong tree you're wrong you're wrong well in the beginning norton was just like oh he he killed himself yes yeah yes that was he was he was going off that it was that it was suicide it was suicide if it's suicide we don't have to pay hey right right like you'd sell that to the to the widow or like like if if that was a legitimate thing i mean granted he was right but not right yeah yeah I mean, it wasn't a suicide, but it was more. It was was more in the lines of a murder. Yeah. (laughs) But But still, he's just like, we're not paying you anything because your husband killed himself. 
Yeah. And that Which was, was a, shameful for, for like back then that was like, you know, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Man, yeah. What, what was he doing? Right, right, right. He's going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then that whole exchange with the Edward G afterwards where he's like, yeah, you took the ball there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. You fumbled it, you got a penalty, went back 40 yards. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, in that scene, Barbara Sandwich comes off as sympathetic because, you know, here's the grieving widow and you're compounding her grief by telling her that we're not paying you because this is a suicide. Yeah. And it's just, just the optics on that she, alone. Yeah, and she played it perfectly. Perfectly. I mean, he was perfectly. like, Fred McMurray's all nervous and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And she's just seriously just yeah. stone old cold pro- killer. Yeah, old Mr. pro. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And uh, and from there, I mean, that's I think that's the first time after the murder where Walter feels confident. Yeah. But then that confidence quickly yeah. goes and away. It all starts crumbling away first. Edward as soon Robinson, as and then, Keys and then gets the on the case. Yes, and Lola's confession to him about what had happened with her mother. And then just being told that Phyllis was seeing Lola's boyfriends. Yeah. That definitely was the kicker. I, I mean, yeah. And, and at first, when they sort of have that showdown towards the end, at first I thought he was going to kill her solely because of his own jealousy. Well, he, he was going to try and kill her to, to, to like, kind of like that. That's like one of the reasons why he's not a good guy. Solely, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a little sympathy for him. Yeah. And I think it really, honestly, I think his, it only really manifests. After he's been shot. Mm-hmm. Because he realizes at that point, all right, well, I'm not getting away with this. Right. So I'm even just if, Even if she dies, I'm not getting away with this. So there's no point in framing this kid. Yeah. I'm just going to go and confess to everything and then try to escape to Mexico. Right, right. So he is not he is not a good guy. No. I mean, he. you could see he felt, I guess, some sort of guilt for Lola. Mm-hmm. Or that, or that group, and that was, was also a little weird, right? That he's hanging out with this kid so much because right. there, there's he a murdered point where her he, dad. He murdered her dad, and, and he's like just hanging out with her. And then like there's a part where he's like, I felt she, no, 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 good. Just when, hanging the, when out they're with her. when they're on the hill. Yeah, he sa- he says hanging out with her was the only time I felt peace. like peace. Yeah. But he's also like, that week I saw her four or five times. times. Yeah. And that was before this moment. And it's just yeah. like, are you dating this girl, girl now? now? It's yeah. just weird. And well, that's what I thought was going to happen, that she was going to like form this relationship with Neff. But but she wasn't interested in him in that way at all. She no. was just like, I love uh, Nikki or whatever the hell. Like, Nino, whatever. I love Nino. Yeah. But he's seeing my mom now. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, Lola. Come on. Yeah. Get a backbone. Yeah. Stop yeah. being a doormat. Yeah. Well, I mean. She's dating. She, but he's, she's, like, he's like threatening her. And <laughs> but the, she's even the, the mother, even the mother is like, I was filling his head full of lies. So this way, and then I was going to tell her where she was. And you know what he'd do to, do her. to her. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of guy yeah. that you want dating your daughter. daughter. <laughs> The guy who's just gonna beat her to death because yeah. somebody said, "Ah, oh, she's she's flirting. She with, was flirting with somebody." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I but she's I mean, representative of what I think women were back then—just meek, subservient. Well, uh, except for uh, uh, Phyllis is Phyllis, not the norm. Uh, yeah. Phyllis is definitely not the norm. Phyllis was 
She was a stone cold killer. She was a stone cold killer. <laughs> she had no remorse. And I love that scene at the end where she basically tells Walter, she's like, I wasn't in love with you. Yeah, I, I used you, just like you said. Yeah. <laughs> Although at the end, she's like, but now I feel different. Different, yes. She yes. should have just kept shooting him. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what is this? Yeah. You were that, you realized, oh, after I shot him, I realized I loved him. That's, I mean, there are weak points to this movie. (laughs) She really should have just Just kept trying to kill him until he killed her. I think that would have been better. Yeah, yeah. Where she was, where she was just like, yeah, you're right. I was using you. And then he has to like throw like a a candle at her head or something or. But his pure love turned her cold, icy heart. Yeah. Because no one's ever killed for me before. (laughs) Usually I used to take care of it on my own. (laughs) She just got sucked in by the pure seductive aura of Fred McMurray. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oozing machismo. I gave, I'm going to give this film a nine. I think it just is still just an amazing, amazing piece of cinema. And, and, And just before you give a number... This film was made in 1944. Yeah. 1944, which makes it 50, 20, 73, and 79 years old. Next year, it will be the 80th anniversary of this film. Wow. Yeah. It's, wow. It's, all, it's, it's, I mean, there's a reason why it's sort of, it's like the prototype of film noir. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it is a classic. We watched this on TCM tonight. I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere, but it is available for rent on several platforms for a nominal amount of money. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get your number. One to 10. What would you give this? I'd give it an eight. An eight? Okay. I'm going to give it a nine. I definitely think that we both agree that this is definitely a must watch, whether you are into film noir, classic yeah. movies. I mean, especially if, you, if you're if you into film noir and you want to sort of see where that style came, has, has, it, has its origins. This is, I mean, this is it. This yeah. is... This is where you get it. Yeah. This yeah. is where your education starts. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of really good. There's a lot. Of, I mean, even like, and again, it's it's funny because this is in black and white. And I think black and white also lends a certain je ne sais quoi to, to the film, right? It, it makes it more timeless, I think, because it comes from a different era. And well, I think that I, all I gotta be honest, works a lot, in A lot that. of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff looks so much better in black and white. Like yeah, it's just, for just, sure. There's just, there's just like this. Le- yeah, like aesthetic that it's, is just, it's just. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing, but it's like okay, you could do you could do you know you could do film noir with color. In fact, people have done it. Done it sure, very sure. well, beautifully. Yeah. yeah, but there's just something about the black and white. Yeah, that definitely that, adds a layer to to the yeah. whole. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree, and it's. I, w- I was gonna say that <clears throat> in this case, I think it adds to the story and and it makes it more timeless and i think i agree with you you look at some movies that are made today and the choice to make them in black and white i think is a bold choice and i think is a great choice you you see a movie like roma or even raging bull like that are within the last okay a couple of decades in the case of raging bull because that's a movie from the 80s but still something like that you put it on 
and it's just crisp and and beautiful and just yeah. it almost I mean, the raises it look, to I mean the shadows and the contrast it just looks it's like a it's like a painting. I know? was gonna say it it it's like it's almost like art high yeah. art right at this yeah. point yeah so yeah I mean I I love when and it doesn't happen very often I think I think a lot of people were in the year 2023 so of course they're not gonna use black and white but i mean some people get like oh is this film in black and white for yeah 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 it's, it's, yes it's my children off. as soon as they see yeah. black and white they're like oh i don't have any interest in seeing this old crap yeah <laughs> yeah we should just do black and white movies with them at some point do a whole month of just black and white movies mm-hmm. just to force them to watch stuff all right all right so that's it from us and again if you are so inclined and again if you are a lover i mean you don't even have to love film noir just be a lover of of good amazing storytelling this is definitely for you again 1944's double indemnity with a runtime of one hour and 47 minutes I would say PG thirteen, although there's not a rating here on IMDb. Uh, yeah, I but would say PG. There's there's nothing bad in this. Yeah, I guess PG. Yeah, again, because we mentioned before I mean, that we the were, murder I mean, happens. Yeah, when off we screen. were kids, there were plenty of people die in PG movies. movies it's, just, sure. it's just how it's handled. handled. There's no, there's absolutely no, no profanity. There's no, profanity. no blood. You never see anybody die. I don't even really think you get a good look at the guy's body after he's dead. No. No, everything's done yeah. off screen. When, the only thing Fred, you see is Mc, him curling Mc, the crutches. Yeah. When Fred McMurray actually gets shot, he just sort of like jerks his shoulder. And yeah. you, you don't even, like there's no hole or anything yeah. or there's no blood squib or anything like Nothing. that. It's just he's, I'm a guy and I'm pretending that I'm shot. Shot, yeah. yeah. And then later on you see like a little little stain on his shoulder. Yeah, which gets progressively bigger, but that's... Beside not, the point. Uh, not, but I mean, still, if this, if that film was made today, oh, it would be Fred McMurray would be covered in blood, blood. by the end of the, yes. by the end of his, yes, his little. Yes. Uh, well, that when the when the thing went in, like the blood splatter and the gurgling of through the yeah, you'd, through you'd, the hole would have been something. You'd see like yeah, it would be way gorier. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This episode of the podcast is going out to my lovely friend Angie on her birthday. It's actually a day early, but. I just wanted to say happy, happy birthday. Angie is someone that I've met through my new position at work and works with me to help me get acclimated to my job. She has been exceedingly kind, exceedingly giving of her time. And I look up to Angie as just an amazing woman and mentor. And I look forward to working with Angie many, many years. And I just wanted to give her a happy birthday shout out. Uh, She is not like Phyllis in this film, but in honor of Angie and International Women's Month, I wanted to grab a movie that I loved that spoke to me and also reminded me of Angie since she is just a class, class act, much like Barbara Stanwyck. All right, that's it from us, and we will bid you all a... Good night. Good night.